tell me more about how his eyes look, Simon. It's almost <laughs> as if Simon enjoys being chastised by Baz or something. Like, is this how you describe your enemies? It's really not. Hot. Yeah, like, basically. <laughs> I feel like I just want to be, like, quote-unquote enemies for every time we bring up Baz. You want to get sexy? Yeah, let's get to the sexy stuff. Hello and welcome to the season two finale of Escape from Reality, a podcast where two queer IRL witches talk about Wayward Son by Rainbow Rowell. I am Lark Malachi Gray. And I am Jesse Blount, and I am pleased to summarize the last two chapters of Wayward Son. How exciting. We made it, everyone. We made it. I'm so excited to not have to try and trip over Wayward Son by Rainbow Rowell anymore. It's been a real tongue twister for the last year and some months. I'm uh, I'm excited for you for that. Thank you. For this to be getting easier. All right. So in Chapter 64, we have Shepard, who has been hiding for the remainder of the fight and uh now it's time to blow this popsicle stand taking one of the now ownerless mercedes suvs shepherd drives him out of the quiet zone and penny and baz heal everyone as they drive the 10 hours to agatha's place in san diego leading us into our prologue the very end of this here book where we have a few different perspectives uh we start off with baz it is now a couple days after this battle with Next Blood, and everyone's just been eating and like resting at Agatha's place, and now they're gonna fly home and take Agatha with them because she needs her wand. Penny ends up talking to Shepard and tries to heal his vampire bite with magic. Only it doesn't work because he's been cursed by a demon and has the sick tattoo sleeve to prove it. Uh, Penny refuses just to let him continue to be cursed. So she tells him that he too is coming to London. Simon is reflecting that uh, America kicked his ass, which hashtag mood, and only other people's magic saved him, which isn't totally what's going on, Simon, but you know. So when he gets home, he's decided that he's gonna go through with Dr. Welby Love's offer of removing his tail and wings, presumably to go live a normal, capital N, normal life. Baz goes to find Simon on the beach, which is where Simon was doing his self-reflecting. And Simon thinks that Baz is going to, like, come back to America to be, to be one of Lamb's subject, in which Baz is like, uh, hello, why do I want to be literally anywhere else that's not with you? And Simon is about something very painful, but Penny interrupts them because they have to leave right the fuck now because Watford is in trouble. Dun, dun, dun. To be continued in Any Way the Wind Blows. Yep. The most to be continued that a book series has ever, <laughs> has ever been. <laughs> Um, anyway, so listeners, we are spoiling the entire series. Um, also, thank you to everyone who has come on this journey with us this far, has rated and reviewed us, who has supported us on Patreon. If you want to be amongst the ranks of people that we feel that gratitude towards, 
rate and review us, join our Patreon, join our sticker club. There are lots of ways to support us and they all help me and Jesse pay our bills because this is our job, our our real job with a capital R. <laughs> and, um, you know, that's cool. Also, you can find us on the internet, hashtag ruthless.com, patreon.com slash hashtag ruthless, Instagram at hashtag ruthless pods. You should subscribe to our new podcast, The Gaily Planet, where we talk about media we love. And our Buffy podcast, We Are the Gayers, is now out on a public feed. That's all the things. Let's get into Easy Come, Easy Go, where we talk about everything that doesn't go anywhere else. Uh, I really hope that Agatha got to just burn the shit out of that car when they got back to her place. Yep, she meant that. And I'm a little bit sad that we didn't actually get to see Agatha blow up a car. Yeah. Yeah. She deserves it. Um, I just really enjoy the descriptions that we get of from from the last episode and this one of Penny and Agatha with their like bleeding mouths and, you know, like walking around lighting things on fire. But, you know, I, I think Shepard being like they look like something out of a Stephen King book really gives you... I've never read a Stephen King book and I know exactly what he means. And it like really cements the image for me of just how fucking eerie they look, just shooting fire out of their hands, walking around, holding hands, bleeding from the mouth. Yeah, I thought it was a a very excellent, also an excellent uh, evocative image. I have one thing, which maybe you too also... Okay, so I've only read Any Way the Wind Blows the one time. Uh, Does Agatha get her dog back again, or is it just living with Ginger now? Because if so, that poor dog. I was trying to remember that too. I maybe also have only read it the one time, which now I'm like, oh no, I need to... Like, obviously, (laughs) I have to read that whole book before I then read the the first chapter for our next recording, which I hadn't really thought about. Anyway, I don't remember, and that's also my next note of, like, Lucy is a small dog. She can go on a plane. Why why is she not going with them? Yeah, and obviously I have a lot of fondness for Ginger, but Ginger seems like the type of person who is, like, putting her dog on a vegetarian diet, and I'm like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Agatha, don't need this dog with Ginger! <laughs> yeah. I love, I love all of the shade in these chapters towards like Target clothes. <laughs> Shepard describes Baz coming out after changing into whatever Shepard bought him at Target, look, looking pale and affordable. <laughs> and then Baz describes the jeans as cheap and horrible. Um, and well, I, I guess like. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I mean, Baz is rich. So I guess compared to, I don't know, however many hundreds of dollars worth of clothing that he wears, I guess the target with the elastic in it is probably not going to feel as good. I guess. I mean, they didn't have the elastic ones yet. That's like a post-pandemic creation. But... Yeah, I mean, like, as I sit here in my Target jeans recording this podcast, I feel like my experience with, 
like I had a housemate who wore like $300 jeans. I have never worn a pair of expensive, like properly expensive jeans in my life. But yeah, neither have I. They're, as far as I know, they're like very stiff. Like, I feel like they're, it's like a, like cheaper jeans are more comfortable jeans, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's options. Who knows? I think, I guess, so I've never also owned a pair of expensive jeans before because I don't spend my money like that. But I was under the impression that like really like expensive jeans, you basically have to like wear them forever or to kind of like break them into their comfortable. So kind of like a pair of Birkenstock sandals, which when I first got a pair, I was like, this literally hurts to walk. What, what are, why does everyone love these? And then once they were broken in, they're just like, this is my favorite pair of sandals. So uh, anyway, all right, what do you have next? <laughs> I had to just LOL about how mean Penny was being to Ginger, like in her own head. Because uh, Penny is like, I can't believe how Agatha's being so nice to Ginger, like the person who took her to like the the next now, the new blood vampires. And like, this is the first, this is why she hasn't been texting me. What's going on? I think <laughs> she's jealous. That's oh, my note. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think so, too. It's just deeply funny <laughs> the way that she's like being like, uh, Ginger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she, she says that Agatha's being the nicest she's ever seen her be to anyone, which is saying a lot. But yeah, I think Penny's just being, like, I think she's being shitty because she's jealous. And also, like, can you imagine two people less, like, congruous with one another than Ginger and Penelope Buns? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is very true. God, I do kind of want to see the conversation where, like, Ginger was explaining to Penny about the beet juice thing, and Penny was just, like, just no concept of, like, how to respond, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's very much the, like, yeah, what is it, the 404 error when you go to a website and the page yeah. isn't there? That's just, like, I don't, I literally can't comprehend what you're telling me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, my notes are very short. Uh, my last thing here is just that Simon got Baz's mom's scarf. I know. So nice. So tender. Yeah. I know. I did feel kind of bad when Baz is like, all I have is my phone and my wand. (laughs) Nothing else. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I just have have one, one last thing, which is, I feel like, Maybe as readers, we don't realize that maybe Shepard had just been wearing his denim jacket like literally this entire time, like without stopping until he takes it off. And Penny's like, what the fuck is on your forearms? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. So which, yeah, seems like I would have come up at some point, but it just it, it amuses me that you like. Like and of course you're reading the books. Maybe in your brain you're like not always imagining him wearing his denim jacket, but it's like, oh, you're wearing this all of the time. Yeah, yeah. It really also, I think, is a good emphasis on how just stressed and overwhelmed everyone has been that no one's been like, Shepard is sleeping in his denim jacket. Because I think yeah. our our trio is just way too caught up in everything else that's going on to like notice something like that being a weird thing to do. They're like, that is the least weird thing that has happened to me today, actually. So yeah. 
Yeah. I feel like I was thinking, I'm like, after all these misadventures, I think you actually need to wash that jacket, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Unless he is spot treating it in the bathroom and then putting it back on, which is very conceivable. But I'm like, at the very least, I'm sure that jacket smells really gross right now. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's probably got some blood on it and stuff, too. Yeah, there's definitely more than one blood stain. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to I See a Little Silhouetto of a Man, where we talk about character development. <laughs> Baz uses a family spell on Penny to heal her. It's so cute! I genuinely cried when I read it. Like, just like a little, like just got teary. But yeah, I think me and Penny had the same response because she also gets all teared up when when he does that. And it's really touching. I know. Yeah, I feel like my notes for Baz is that he's having, he's like expressing feelings to everyone around. Not like everyone. But right, like he does that for Penny, which is super sweet. And then he like finally tells Simon directly. It's like, I I don't even remember what the exact line is. Like, I don't want to be anywhere where you're not. Or I wouldn't yeah. be happy anywhere that you're not. Which I'm like. I know. Where was this energy 20 chapters ago? But I'm loving it here. It's great. <laughs> even though. <laughs> I feel like there's nothing like a, like a life and death situation to uh, bring out the. All right, I'm gonna be tender in people you know yeah for sure i think my only other thing for beth which i think maybe leads into also talking about simon which is as much as i do think that baz does need a vampire mentor like he's never he was never gonna go back to lamb who like betrayed him and all of his like closest people right like that that just was not gonna that wasn't gonna happen no. Even if he wasn't already just madly in love with Simon and it's like, you cannot stay here. We're not staying here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And right. I mean, as much as it makes, I think, some sense, and we've been saying, you know, everybody, or not everybody, but Simon and Baz both seem like they could benefit from some time in America being, you know, mentored, perhaps. But... um I think the fact that Simon is going through what Simon is going through right now, like he can't put together the, you know. Yeah. Baz would care that Lamb betrayed us thing. Um, the only other thing that I have here is just Shepard is officially part of the gang. I know. Shepard's chapter where he's like concerned that they're going to also light him on fire and leave him somewhere. And Baz is like, you're coming up, right? And it's like, oh, you are part of the team. Yeah. To the point of Penny telling him that he's coming to <laughs> London, whether he wants to or not. <laughs> yeah, that's the real test of whether or not you're on the team is, is Penny in charge of your life now, as far as she's concerned. And the answer is now officially yes. So he's yeah. definitely one of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like at this point, she wasn't even aware that you could sell your soul to a demon. So clearly, obviously, she has to help him. But more importantly, find out what the fuck's going on. Yeah. <laughs> uh. 
Welcome to Face the Truth, where we talk about things that are fucked up. Um, Everything that I have here is about Simon's trauma response that we see through this entire section. Yeah. So starting in, you know, the fight itself or at the end of the fight where Shepard is trying to, you know, get everyone together and Penny basically has to go physically pull Simon out of the sky because it's like he's just shut off. He's in Mm -hmm. autopilot, you know, and it's yeah, it's just very clearly he is he's running a program. He is like dissociated. He there's there's no like present piece of Simon in this uh, moment that we're in in that chapter. Yeah. I mean, I guess I maybe want to talk about the whys of that because I feel like our heroes won, but like at what cost sort of, you know, like everyone's like, I'm sure this is going to cause everyone to need some therapy slash definitely some PTSD. <laughs> yeah. It's giving where do we go from here vibes. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like Simon, since he is our chosen one and has been operating like that, I think that this feels like a failure. And I mean, also, and also, of course, like a very close brush with death slash almost losing his two close friends and his and love of his life, you know? And yeah. like, that's that's like a lot to have to to have had almost slipped through his fingers you know and this and like he and he takes it on as being a like well i'm a failure because i mean if it wasn't for everyone else's magic we'd all be dead and it's like right. true but like that doesn't necessarily mean that this is all your fault like i feel like he's taking a lot of blame yeah i mean yeah i think that he thinks that if he doesn't fix the problem alone then he failed yeah and it's like no you all fixed it together it was a team effort that's great. Like, yeah. if you're going to have to be in situations like that, ideally, you've got a you've got a team assembled who can all help each other out. And you you did that and you you won, you know, or you yeah. escaped, which is the important thing. Yeah, Every, everyone, everyone got out with their lives. That's the important thing. And you took out some very evil vampires while you're at it, which is great. Yeah. So then we get him sort of at the beach processing his feelings which involves a lot of crying and i'm like you probably needed to do that my yeah dude. And it's like he takes this this situation where he's like well i failed because i didn't in, like save everyone by myself as evidence of like see i don't fit in this world anymore i don't belong here and i have to leave mm-hmm. and <sighs> i know it's crushing i'm just like it, my yeah my sweet baby no you do belong yeah Whether or not you belong in a situation is, like, about your human connections with the people. It's not like you have to, like, test into your friend group by having enough magic or whatever, you know? Yeah. You love them and they love you and therefore you belong with them and that's that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm... I'm excited for a lot of things coming up in any way the wind blows, but I really do love it as a sort of exploration about like sort of dealing with no longer being in that sort of like chosen one narrative for himself and just being like, you can just live as you are. And that's great. Like, you know, you can just exist in the world and that is great. And I'm like, "Mm." yeah, 
Sorry, it's just all giving big, like, end of the Buffy musical vibes. It really is. The hardest thing in this world (laughs) is to live in it. Oh my god. I feel like Simon would really, um, that would really resonate with him, I think. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I know. And just like, I don't know, his rejection of Baz is like, being like, I literally don't, I, I, I would not be happy if I was someone without you. And like whatever he was about, and whatever Simon was about to say, I'm like I'm sure it's about to be crushing. So I'm glad you didn't get to say it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad totally. Penny showed up to be like we need to go. <laughs> I bet he was finally going to say the thing that we saw him trying to work his way up to saying at the beginning of the book, the when someone shows you who you are, believe them thing that he was yeah. planning to use to break up with Baz. Yeah. So I'm uh, glad we don't get that. Yeah, for real. Not yet. <sighs> Because it is going to get harder before it gets easier, this series. (laughs) I know. Welcome to Caught in a Landslide, where we rant about stuff. I know Penny means well. She's like, clearly the top priority, Shepard, is to have you to be not cursed. But Shepard's going to go home. After the events of Any Way the Wind Blows and not have a fucking car. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, is he still paying $43 a day to have his car stored wherever the fuck it is in Las Vegas? I was thinking the same thing. I the, It feels very much, um, I mean, okay, hang on. There are two options. First of all, this feels very much like showing how small Penny's life has been because Penny has probably never parked a car in a paid parking lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this is her life. Her world has been so small up until this point. And part of that is like living somewhere with good public transportation. Yeah. (laughs) But also, you know, like she's like been at home and been at school and, you know, that's kind of it. So I think that she doesn't get it. And also she's like, well, I'll just fix that with magic. You know, we, I'll magically waive this credit card fee that you're accumulating or whatever. Whenever she gets around to realizing that it's an actual problem. But like right now, I don't think she can even. Yeah fathom that it is an actual problem yeah and i mean i think on the like scale of things it's like okay yeah but you're a mortal soul i get it <laughs> but there's like the very practical part of me is just like you're gonna have to like levitate that shit out of impound when y'all get back to america yeah it's like this is gonna fuck up his credit like what are you doing penny yeah no shepherd is definitely gonna be like cool you're gonna help me magically steal my truck <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, fun times, fun wacky hijinks. And maybe it is probably best for that to take a while, because I'm like, I'm sure if Lamb, like, saw Shepard roll back up in Las Vegas, I'm like, probably not a good idea. No, no, that would probably not go well. Uh, My only rant today is about the ending of this book. All right. Because it, like, it literally feels like it's a two-parter TV show, you know? Only Mm -hmm. then you have to wait years for the second half and i just i just i just remember getting to the end the first time i read it and being like what 
Yeah. Because it's not even like this has a nice conclusion and then there's bait for the next book. It's just, what? Yeah. There's just none of the characters have anything that feels finished. And it's deeply unsatisfying. And I don't mind it as much now that the third book exists. But when the third book didn't exist yet, this ending was like viscerally upsetting. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, I mean, okay, so... Oh my god, whatever, however many years, year and a half ago when we started this book, you were like, I don't want this book at all. And is this part of the reason why you didn't like this book? Yeah, definitely. Which makes sense. Yeah, this is definitely a very brutal ending. (laughs) Yeah, I want to finish a book that's in a series, excited for the next book, but also, you know, satisfied. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything satisfying about this ending. It feels like she ran out of time is how this ending honestly feels to me is like she hit a deadline and was like, well, slap it to be continued on it and send it to press. And I don't like it. (laughs) I definitely. Okay. I definitely feel you on sort of the like abruptness at the end of this book is definitely not satisfying. I also feel like that in, I don't want to say like in general, but if I'm thinking about trilogies that I really like, like say The Hunger Games or like His Dark Materials, I feel like the second book, maybe because it's in the middle, is just usually not like my favorite out of of the trilogy. For instance, I think that The Hunger Games and like Mockingjay, excellent. Catching Fire is fine. You know, it does, mm-hmm. it does a thing. It does what it needs to do. I mean, sort of likewise with the Golden Compass, with the Subtle Life. Like, the Subtle Life is, like, a lot of fun things happen, and, like, having Will introduces a character is, like, good. I feel like the tonal shift of the book and sort of where we have Lyra at is just not as narratively interesting mm-hmm. as where she's at narratively once we get to the Amber Spyglass, and, like, her and Will are more sort of, like, on an equal playing field. Yeah. You know, and having said that, I also feel that way about this series where I think anyway, the wind blows does a lot of like really cool, awesome things and carry on, obviously, just like the gold standard of works inspired by Harry Potter in a lot of ways, surpassing, you know, the series. And I think just like in the trilogy, Wayward Son feels like kind of the weakest point. Yeah. Even though, like, I still really enjoyed this book. A lot of things that go on in this book. And, of course, The Interdiction of Shepard. But I just feel like it's, it is still sort of, like, the weakest book of the three. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I think the way you're saying makes sense. Um, I think that the ending makes me dislike this book more than I would if it had a more developed ending. I have enjoyed the book more talking about it with you than I did just reading it on my own. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I just honestly, I don't know. I felt sort of as a reader disrespected by the ending of this book. It felt <laughs> like, well, I don't know what to do with this. And so what I'm going to do is have Penny come down and be like, something's wrong and then end the book. And it's like, 
did you think that you were fooling me? Like, did you think that that was going to make me be like, oh, you you did end the book? Like, it's still nothing is tied up. All of all the threads are loose here. Yeah. And that's I don't know. It's just not I don't know. I just I don't like it. That's that's that. Yeah. It does make me think, though, having now watched Star Trek The Next Generation, which I had not yet when I first read this book, they would do two part finale episodes only like the first part of the finale was the last episode of the season and the conclusion was the first episode of the next season. So there's like a year to wait for the like the stunning conclusion, as the voiceover says. And I likewise, I don't have to wait a year. I'm streaming it. I can watch it five minutes, like five seconds later. Right. But like just thinking about the feeling of like, oh, my God, that was the end of the season. I feel as upset on behalf of viewers in 1989 or whatever, as I feel about the end of this book. So I think this is really like a it's bigger than just this book. The idea of making someone wait a long time to clean up those threads is very upsetting to me personally. (laughs) Yeah, I I remember watching shows that used to happen pre-streaming and being like, I have to wait and four months to figure out what happens are you kidding me oh it was it's the so worst. wild oh it was the worst yeah yeah um and i'm glad that that sort of has i think fallen out of favor as a like strategy yeah i mean you want to leave people wanting more but also be like but this season is done you know yeah i feel like this book is like if you hit the end of a season of Buffy and you got to the part where she was about to kill the big bad. And then you had to wait until next year to see her actually kill the big bad. We were like, that's not an end. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. <sighs> so frustrating. Anyway, we don't have to wait that long and neither do our listeners. Cause we'll be back in two weeks. <laughs> our first conversation about the next book. Yeah. Yeah, I know. We when we started the show, the third book had like just come out, right? Or was it out? I don't know if it was out. I don't remember. Anyway, yeah. I I guess I I also feel that if there's ever a point in the future where someone's like we're going to do a Simon Snow miniseries, I think that this is really the book that could be improved in a adaptation like that Mm, yeah um i did just check it came out in 21 so it was not out yet when we first started making this um do you have any more rants i guess i have one small rant which is that i am just uh proud of the of the gang for not trying to get involved with finding the other next next blood lab or anything um especially simon who has extreme chosen one syndrome and they're just like no we're too tired for that fuck it and i'm like good yeah (laughs) that's right that can be someone else's problem they have entered the uh hashtag ruthless school of (laughs) 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 whenever possible just rest yeah make sure it's important enough to put all of your energy into exactly
welcome to Send Shivers Down My Spine, where we talk about sexy stuff. Um, I only have two things that are... Number one, Baz remarks that Simon on the beach with his, like, shoes off and his jeans rolled up looks like a guy in a music video. <laughs> I know, I love it. Uh, it's so cute and good. And you're like, oh, wow, he does look hot just sitting on the beach right now. Yeah. Wind rustling his, his curly hair. Yeah. I love that moment. Um, all right. Yeah. So the one thing that I have here is this incredibly nerdy flirting that we get between Penelope and Shepard, where they're talking. She's like, you have to come to England. And he's like, I don't have money. I don't have a passport, whatever. And she says, oh, ye of little faith. And he's like, is that a spell? And she like, she's walking away. She makes eye contact with him in the reflection of the the door and goes come to london and find out i'm like you guys <laughs> i know i know i uh, i love them so much it's so dorky i love I know, them i know oh yeah nothing is we, a lot of people get together in the next book i am but i'm just always eternally happy about penny and shepherd and Penny being like, oh, I guess I like you. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> this, is, this has been happening, actually. <laughs> yeah. Did you have another thing here? Oh, just a shepherd with his arms exposed and his very goth tattoos, as he describes them as. Yeah, they do sound very goth. Welcome to Is This Just Fantasy, where we talk about magic and science and research that we did. I have a shockingly little here, but uh, we get, we've gotten good as new as a spell before, right? We've gotten most of these spells before, I think. Have we gotten Kiss It Better, though? No, that one's new. That one is new. And um, I did not look up Kiss It Better, but um, I do have a little bit of science. So, like, Kiss It Better is obviously referring to, like, parents who, like, kiss their kids, like, scrapes and wounds and bruises, and it's supposed to make it feel better. Yeah. You know? Which I think has some scientific validity, potentially because of the placebo effect. But apparently, I guess, like, even though human mouths are pretty gross, like, human saliva, not so much. So, like, kissing it better actually does have, like, some scientific backing is, like, working interesting yeah my understanding is that it also helps um not just because of the placebo effect but for the same reason that like if you get hurt you instinctively rub it is because like putting like different sensation distracts your brain from like the pain sensation and so like kissing it better does that same thing it like gives your brain more information and therefore makes the pain less because your brain can't focus on it as much when it's also having other sensation input. So, yeah. Which is also the science behind why grounding techniques work when you're having bad brain times. Mm -hmm. Um, The more, you know, everyone. Yeah. And I only have one more thing in here besides that. I don't know if you have anything. 
Yeah, my only thing that I have here is Shepard is cursed. Someone owns his soul. Someone owns his soul. And the uh, contract, as it were, is tattooed on his arms for everyone to see, which is why he keeps them covered, or at least kept them covered from uh, the gang for this entire duration, (laughs) for the entire second half of this book. Which I guess has been like a week tops, I think? Yeah, it's been pretty fast. Yeah. So, yeah, he is cursed, and it prevents him from being murdered by vampires. And... Memory spells, it seems, as we've known previous to this. And also certain kinds of healing spells. And apparently certain kinds of healing spells. Yes. Oh, because Penny tries to heal his vampire bite wound and it like zaps her, (laughs) essentially. Um, Or like a weird magical like feedback loop or just sort of short circuit, I think. Mm -hmm. So essentially like the equivalent of sticking up fork and a toaster i think is what it seemed like when she tried to just do some basic healing spells on him well so it didn't work when she used good as new but it worked when she used get well soon because i think that you know the the you know she's like are you immune to magic and shepherd says not immune but you know my soul doesn't belong to me technically. So magic that would alter my fate doesn't work or something like that. And Penny immediately uses a different healing spell that then does work. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, she processes very quickly. Okay. Nothing that would alter your fate. So if I use good as new, that's so broad, you know, Mm. and if that could potentially be interpreted as like, factory reset anything that's ailing you right now including the fact that your soul isn't yours anymore that's not gonna work but something that's more targeted that's like this physical illness slash injury that you have right now that's gonna be okay you know yeah which we love nuances and magic i just love it i think it's great no it is really excellent and yeah uh yeah penny's like very quick processing of that of like trying something else a plus a plus plus um my last thing here is shepherd when he shows penny his curse tattoos he's like yeah i would have gotten a vonnegut quote and but you know is really more my speed and so i immediately had to google and be like what would shepherd have gotten what quote would he have gotten obviously uh, so like Slaughterhouse Five is, I think pr- probably the book that like a lot of people have read. If and you know even if you're not a Kurt Vonnegut fan, so from what I can tell from just like my Google search, a lot of people have so it goes from that book as tattoos. Uh, I don't think Shepard is that person. I think Shepard would be the second most Vonnegut tattoo quote, which is "Everything is beautiful and nothing hurt." feels more shepherd speed i think yeah which is also from slaughterhouse five but i think that that feels more shepherdy to me <laughs> than like i don't know you know kurt vonnegut's face or like a different more obscure quote i'm like shepherd is a little is a little bit basic he would get that yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that tracks that makes sense to me we did it we did it we did it we did the whole book we did the whole book. It only took us a year and a half. I don't remember when we did our first yeah. episode of this book. It's been a while. It has been a while. 
So, but yeah, very excited to start Anywhere the Wind Blows with its new villains and new challenges. Yep. All right. Thank you all so much for coming on this journey with us. Get ready. Reread Anyway the Wind Blows, because in two weeks, we also will have reread Anyway the Wind Blows, <laughs> and we'll be back with chapter one, and I don't know how many chapters we'll be reading. Yeah. Um, cool. Check the show notes <laughs> for all of the things, and until next time, Scaramouche.